0: SHUT UP AND SIT DOWN! Hello and welcome to the 7th episode of Norse Chat. Today we are joined again with Ula Herman and he's recovered from his sickness, so hopefully we'll have him back for the next couple episodes. Today, we're gonna go into a few topics. The first topic being holiday or vacation time in Norway, climbing the fjords, rafting, the different spas and saunas they have, how you can travel to nearby countries, skiing, their democracy a little bit, and um, yeah, just kind of see where this takes us. So, first, we're gonna talk about holiday. So in Norway, they get a lot more vacation time than we do here, and I'm super jealous about it. Um, I don't know all the details, so I'll ask Ulla specifically what he gets uh, for his vacation time, and then we can all be jealous of him. So in
1: Norway, I don't know how it is in the US, but in Norway we do have mandatory to take out four weeks of vacation but everybody has the right to take five plus that we do have all those holidays where you have like easter holiday christmas holidays independence day and a lot of other small days
0: and the crazy part is that if you work a job that's not necessarily a monday through friday job pretty much everyone gets sunday off for sure which is something that we don't really have here, because, like, if you work at a grocery store, they're all pretty much closed on a Sunday. It's very traditional.
1: Yeah, there's, like, a few doors that have, like, open on Sundays, but those are only, like, small. There have to be, like, a 100 square feet or 100 square meters in size to be able to have open on Sunday, or else everyone else is... As like it's required by law to keep it closed because Sunday is a resting day.
0: Mhm. So I consider that your vacation too, but it's technically not. Just another part of why I'm jealous, and your country too. Yeah, a lot
1: of people also a lot of people also have Saturday off if you don't work in like a grocery store.
0: Mhm.
1: Like office jobs as like work Monday through Friday and then they have Saturday and Sunday
0: off. You guys are offered a lot of comp time as well, so uh, your sister, I know she does a lot of overtime work so she can trade that in for time off, which is super nice. I mean, we offer that here too for a lot of places, but it doesn't seem as um, welcomed, I guess, as it does in your country from my perspective. Yeah, a lot of
1: people. I don't know what we call it, but I like to call it, like, a flexi-time mm-hmm. thing, where, like, okay, if I were eight-hour overtime, then instead of taking out the overtime, you take it out as a day off. hmm That basically saves the company money and give you gives you, like, a day off.
0: Also, too, if for some reason your company does not give you that mandatory time off, that four weeks, five weeks they actually get in kind of a lot of trouble, don't they?
1: Yeah. I don't know if anyone actually checks it, but, like, if you apply for it and then they deny you, then you can basically send a letter to someone and then pretty sure they're going to fix it.
0: (laughs) Don't they get a fine?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: So now, with the time off, you're probably wondering what Norwegians like to do, which... Whenever I go to a foreign place, I kind of like to try and do what the locals do or what they find enjoyable about their country. So when I was there, we spent some time in the fjords, which are beautiful. And if you don't know what a fjord is, just Google picture because it's pretty amazing. It's kind of like big channels of mountain with pure blue water and everything is just it's really nice. We went to Bestigen, is that how you pronounce it?
1: Bessigan,
0: yes. Yep. And when we went there, we spent some time in the car driving just up to the fjords itself. There was just open land, and it was hilly, and it was just beautiful. And once you got there, uh, they kind of have a few options for what you want to do. You can either start climbing right then and there, and then you'll take a boat back down to the starting point or you can do what we did and we hopped on a little boat and we got to spend some time in the water looking at all the beautiful scenery and then it'll drop you off at one end of the hiking trail where you basically start and I've never climbed anything before in my life really so it was kind of intimidating because I didn't know what to expect So, I mean, I had my hiking shoes, I definitely recommend that, getting a pair of mountain climbing shoes. I wouldn't just buy, like, some cheap $10 sneakers, like, you want to protect your feet. Also, I would bring a backpack with some food, water bottle, water, and just maybe, like, a few emergency type things, because if something does happen up there, you're kind of on your own to an extent. You can call for help and then people will come up but I mean if you're in a pinch you're kind of you're I mean you're in a mountain you're kind of on your own so but when we got there we all took off our like I had a lot of layers on so I took off some of them and started the hike and the first part of it I would say is the hardest. Um, We had to take a few stops just because like I mean I'm not super fit so I got pretty tired it's like a straight up climb they kind of have these boulders that they kind of carved out into stairs almost which was kind of helpful but climbing up to the top was probably the most tiring part of it for me I don't know about you but that was pretty tiring for me and then once you get to the top, it's a lot easier. I mean, you're still going up and down on an incline, but it's not as heart-pounding, I guess, as basically just walking up a whole bunch of stairs till you're at the top of a mountain.
1: But you don't really, like, feel, like, where you say it's on the top, it's not really on the top. No. It's
0: just
1: halfway <laughs> up the first hill.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much... It
1: roughly around, like, one and a half to two hours, I guess
0: yep and it's it's get to. by the top I mean where it kind of flattens off and you can walk more just like at an incline instead of just straight it just it's pretty much walking upstairs to then like walking on a ramp is probably the best way I could describe the difference but then once you get to that part where it's kind of more flat and it's still very rocky so you have to watch where you go and every time you take a step be careful because if you fall you can like twist and break an ankle really easy and the good part about climbing on this fjord is that they have little markers on stone with red x's so you know where to go and the right way to follow up the mountain so you don't get lost Um, when we were on the mountain
1: They, they do that in like most of the routes up in the mountain so people don't get lost so they actually follow the trail
0: yeah, and of course there's like those super adventurous people who go off trail, but that's fine too, <laughs> but I wouldn't really recommend that, don't want to like, get stuck somewhere in an accident.
1: A lot of people get lost when they do that, so...
0: Yeah, I wouldn't, no.
1: <laughs> At least the t- tourist gets like, lost, like, often lost if they go off the trail. Yeah. Like, people know, like, if they go off the trail then they basically know the
0: area yeah I really wouldn't recommend it like <clears throat> for me even the way that they marked out was still like even though it was like the easiest most recommended way it still was a struggle for me I'm not a rock climber at all so yeah i would just stick to the path for sure we did take a few stops along the way though which was really fun because we saw a little mountain or not a mountain we saw a, a rainbow while we were on the mountain um, over just kind of like a pool of water that it filled after rain. So it was really cool to take a picture on top of a mountain on a fjord by a rainbow. <laughs> Instagram worthy for sure. And uh, we also had some lunch, took more photos. It's just kind of nice to take your time, especially since I was new. But we did run into a few obstacles for sure since I am not one who hikes. Uh, When we were on the mountain, it started to rain and get very windy, and so we were climbing on wet rock, which is terrifying, because we didn't have any, like, harnesses or anything. It's not, like, that terrifying, but it feels worse than it is, and when you look over the edge, it's, like, straight down. That's what it feels like anyway, and I'm not one to be, like, scared of heights, but for some reason, I was, like, petrified. I could not handle it, (laughs) I kind of had a mini like panic attack at one point because
1: yeah we had to like wait we also, we also had to wait for like the rain and the wind like when we were midway up the ridge though so like yeah. we had to shelter on the edge because it was like too windy and too rainy at one point
0: yeah pretty much every single time i would put my shoe down to climb my foot would slip so I didn't really feel comfortable climbing on m- with my hands and my feet because I couldn't see the red X's anymore and where to follow, and I wanted Ula behind me because I knew I was going to fall or slip at one point, which I would already been doing. So we kind of had to take a little break, and hopefully the rain was going to stop, but at this point it was already pretty much nighttime and it was getting darkish, so we couldn't Get stuck up there realistically. I mean, we probably would have had to call for someone at that point if it was like dark because we didn't bring any. I mean, at least I didn't bring any flashlights or anything. And, uh, I think I did. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> but, because hmm. there's no way that we would have been like, we would have probably had to call for somebody because I don't think realistically I would have been able to like do it in the dark at all. That would have been terrifying.
1: But it wasn't that dark when we were climbing the ridge.
0: No, that was nice.
1: some some people walk the same trail and then they can walk in front of you and show you where to go and then I could, like, make sure that you didn't fall down.
0: (laughs) Yeah, basically, when we were waiting for the weather to clear, a couple came up to us, and they had the cutest dog. It was named Taxi, and, like, I was like, okay, there's a dog, I can handle it. So the... They led the way and kind of saw where the X's were so that I could just follow them because I had no idea. Like I
1: and don't look down.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically, because I didn't know where to put my hands, like where a good handhold was or anything. Like I just couldn't focus. I couldn't. I was not feeling stable with any of my movements really. So they were able to lead the way and I could kind of mimic where they were putting their hands and feet to get to the top. And once we were to the top, it kind of changed the, the footing was almost like someone had just dumped a whole bunch of like little pebbly rocks down. And at the same time too, there was snow everywhere because up there, the temperature is way different. So we went from shorts and tank top sweating to jackets, gloves, and hats. Like, it was so weird. Um... And then climbing down the ridge wasn't so bad until it started getting darker and colder and steeper. So I would say going down the other way was way steeper. And at one point, they had included like chains that someone had drilled into the side of the rock to help you get down and stuff. I mean, by the time we got down, we were pretty exhausted. I Do you remember what time we got there in the morning and first started?
1: Pretty sure we went on the boat around ten ish, I think, like around ten in the morning. We took the boat, and then the boat trip takes about an hour,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would guess. And then we gathered like our stuff and sat down for a little bit before we started at the hotel cabin kind of thing there. Yeah, it's like a tourist cabin.
0: Just like a little lodge. Not a hotel, but
1: like it's a family-owned thing. I think. Yeah. They rent out rooms. yeah.
0: I would say it probably took us the whole thing, probably like 12 hours. What do you think? Yeah,
1: I think it was like 12 hours. Yeah. By the time we got down, yeah.
0: Which is kind of embarrassing, because I'm gonna blame it on the weather and not my lack of ability, just to make myself feel better. Because when you and your family go, you guys, like, ran it. You ran the fjord. And you guys got done in just, like, what, four or five hours?
1: Yeah, somewhere around there. I don't remember, but, like, we walked up the first hill and then ran most of the other part and then climbed the ridge and then ran the rest of it, so... It
0: was yeah. pretty fast. So, I mean, if you.
1: I had like he... one stop in the middle with like some lunch and took some pictures.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, like, if you're more experienced, then it'll probably go a lot smoother than it did for me. But even with all the drama that was associated with our climb, I would do it again. And I think it was definitely worth it. And. I think anyone should just go and try it If you have the time and the ability I would for sure do it After we were climbing the fjord We had planned to go rafting So when we came down We stayed in a little lodge um, And we just fell straight asleep <laughs> I don't think I tossed I totally
1: forgot about the drive down there though But you were asleep
0: Yeah, I just, I was done <laughs> Like, I don't think I moved at all while I was sleeping. I like woke up with a swollen eye because I'm pretty sure like everything just sunk to one side because I just didn't move. (laughs) But then we went rafting and that was super fun. I would definitely recommend that finding just a place to go rafting, even if you're not going up by where we did just. Google some fun places to go rafting and give it a shot uh do you remember the name of the place that we went by chance
1: i think it was uh shoewear asking
0: yep think you're right it was super fun they provide the the clothing and the shoes that you need and all that so basically all you have to do is show up which i should mention ahead of time know your Euro- european shoe size because i didn't think about that And then we were out in the middle of nowhere, so it's not like I can just quit Google what's my shoe size. And I just didn't think to think of that. So before you go, I would just probably remember what your shoe size is. Because then you don't look stupid when someone asks you what your shoe size is. And you're a grown person and you can only just say you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And so basically you get all dressed and then they give you a few instructions on how to paddle what when they say certain words what you need to do like dock or lean or whatever but it was super fun none of us fell out of the boat you sus- also
1: show you what to do if somebody actually fall out
0: Yep they <laughs> they teach you how to like drag them back in the safe way and the quickest way basically but Lena's
1: basically never put your feet downwards, you gotta lay on your back or your stomach. Yep. So you don't get tangled up in rocks and stuff with your feet.
0: Or hit your head.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But Lena's boyfriend Vagar, your sister's boyfriend, he actually purposefully got out, which was kind of cool. The, uh, the boat instructor guy told him to run out on this ledge, basically, and then he told him to quick jump in the water and then he pulled him into the boat, so it's just like a cool, quick, fun thing that he did. I would not have been quick enough to do it, but I don't know. If you get the chance, why not? Another trip that we did take as well, we took with you, um, your dad, his girlfriend, your sister... Her boyfriend big group we went to a spa which was kind of interesting because I've never been to a spa before but it wasn't like a typical spa I feel like I mean you could get certain things like massages and whatever else that's at a normal spa but I felt like this one was more water-based they had really cool like different changing water that you would walk through like five different saunas i actually fell asleep in like a chair <laughs> um
1: i think it was a heated chair
0: too. yeah it was super comfortable i loved it like do you remember the name of that place
1: mm, sun spa
0: yep sun spa i loved it i would definitely go back it wasn't too like uptidy like kind of thing which was really nice the hotel rooms were really big it was really relaxing I personally though, like, I couldn't go in a few of the saunas because everyone in them wanted them so hot I couldn't breathe, but they did have a sauna that I had like never heard of before and it was amazing. It was just, so it was just like being under really warm light and like you were in bed and it just felt super cozy and it was amazing. So Norwegians are really known for their saunas, so if you get a chance... I would just hop in one to say that you did it. (laughs) So those were a few of the highlights that we did that were things that I would say a typical Norwegian has probably done or would like to do. Another thing that you guys are able to do that I'm jealous of because our country is so big, we only really have the chance to go to Canada and Mexico as neighboring countries. Those are probably the easiest for us to go to. But you guys, since you're right next to the main chunk of Europe there, you guys can go to neighboring countries for a lot cheaper and easier. So, you like to go to Turkey and Greece, is it? Yeah, I
1: like Turkey, Greece, Spain.
0: So, if you're planning on going to Norway and have like extra time or money, it's a good idea to think about the other places that you can go for a quick day trip weekend trip because it's it's right there basically whereas for us to go to one of those countries would be a bigger deal and more expensive
1: yeah i don't know i i don't think i would go for like a weekend trip to well, from Norway. no but it's like a four hour plane trip but you go to like denmark sweden uh, Netherlands, netherland london scotland france I want
0: oh, to go to like, within, like, two or three hours? Yeah, I want to go to Ireland. Another thing that, for sure, if you're going in the winter, you have to do skiing. I'm not a huge downhill skier. I've never really tried, so I wasn't about to try it just in the mountains. I felt like I would need a little bunny hill first. But we did do cross-country skiing, and they had some nice tracks laid out. So Norwegians are born with skis on their feet. Lula's way better than I am, and it's basically just walking. So, (laughs) thanks, but yeah, skiing another big one to hit up if you can just find like a ski lodge resort. I mean, it's not too crazy expensive. Just give it give it a go one weekend. Try it. Why not rent a cabin. Yeah, renting a cabin is huge. A lot of people in Norway, either have family cabins or um, invest in a cabin and then rent it out to people. They are like if you were to just buy one to have one, pretty pretty expensive in my opinion. Like I don't, I don't think. I mean, it's more of a retirement thing probably than. Uh, I'm twenty years old and I want to buy a cabin. Like I don't. I don't see that happening, but renting a cabin is probably the way to go, and you get the whole experience and feel, and why not?
1: At least if you're, like, a group of people, it's not that bad to rent Like, cabin, like most cabins, the mountain has, like, ski tracks right by the cabin.
0: Yeah, they have it set up pretty nice for you. And at the same time, too, even if they didn't have tracks, they have big plow guys who come by and plow the streets and, like, even the streets really aren't that bad to just, like, go skiing on. I mean, I'd rather go on, like, fresh snow or, like, the tracks, but, I mean, there's options. Another cool thing to do if you're there in the summer is to go visit uh, where the king and queen live in their castle. They won't be there, and that's kind of why they open up the doors, we didn't get a chance to do it because all the tickets were sold out and it was just too much work to try to go. So I would plan ahead of time. Uh, if you want to go do that, set some time aside and go tour it. I would have loved to see it, but you can still go to the outside of it. Uh, we biked up there. Take
1: picture and, with the guards.
0: Yeah, we took pictures with the guards. We sat on the lawn and had like a little picnic. So, I mean, there's I would just go to see it. Oslo's not the biggest city, so going to see it is probably, like, the number one thing-ish that I would recommend to do, especially since it doesn't cost any money. If you're just wanting to go see it, you can just go right up and see it.
1: (laughs) I think it's the biggest city in Norway, though.
0: Yeah, that's for sure, but the city doesn't... Pretty much in the city, I feel like everything you want to see is very close together or, like, if you rent one of their bikes, you can pretty much see, I mean, you can see it all in a day. I mean, not, like, if you want to go inside some of these places, I would take more time. But if you just want to ride around and see what it looks like, we saw it all in a day. Yeah.
1: hmm I think we biked around for an entire day.
0: Yep.
1: I think we got out, like, in the morning and then biked till like, 11, 12 at night.
0: Yep, and we took some time and we stopped at um, that statue garden. That was pretty cool, I would say, to go there. Um, what was that garden called?
1: Just give me a second and I'll look <laughs> it up. Everybody okay. should know this. I know I,
0: I know, I feel bad for not knowing it.
1: called <laughs> well, we Vigran Sculpture Park or Vigram
0: And basically it's a whole old garden of statues of naked people. <laughs> Which sounds weird, but it's done in a really interesting way. Uh, they have this big cent- center pillar that's just a whole bunch of like naked humans intertwined, and it just—I don't even know how to describe it. It's really cool.
1: It's you should Google it. It's like the uh, most famous sculpture park in Norway.
0: The and they have um, another little baby that's um, made out of metal and it's basically on the side of the sculpture leading up to it and um, people stop to take photos in front of it. We did too. And it's uh, the angry baby so if you touch him then it's supposed to get rid of like the anger that you have forever kind of thing. I don't know, it's just one of those touristy things to do but yeah, go see the Angry Baby and the other ones. It's a really good... They have a fountain in the middle of it, and it's really pretty. There's a lot of people laid out with picnics and all that. And that's where you lost your favorite sweatshirt. hmm <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Just another one of those to-do bucket list things where you need to go see it. Yeah, I mean... We
1: also went to another, like, art um uh, like our collection park thing too.
0: What was that?
1: The day after. Where you can like look down towards Oslo. It's called I think it's called Ecubite Parkin. Isn't that
0: isn't that where the um there was like sculptures and forests and stuff?
1: Yeah, it was a lot of sculptures and then there was like a place there those sound installments, I guess, and then we had stuff hanging from the tree, like metal sculptures and stuff.
0: There's a really famous uh, sculpture that was actually on the cover of the Time magazine, I believe. Uh, It was like an Asian woman in a black sweater or long t-shirt and white pants, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. That's where that sculpture is. I know that was super vague, but I'm just remembering that now.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep. I exactly what the sculpture you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's like she's, like, walking through the forest, and you could take a picture next to her. hmm Yep. And the cool part about visiting Oslo and just traveling is that once you're where you want to be, everything is really close by. So if you want to go... like the mountains once you're there and at your cabin the skiing stuff around you is going to be close by you know if you need to go to a little store they're going to have one Um, if you want to go to oslo they have bikes and different transportation cards that you can get where you can just use for the day or if you wanted to be in like the suburb area like once you're there everything is kind of just right there for you which is really convenient
1: yeah we kind of like walking
0: i know yes I <laughs> norwegians love fitness which is really great
1: like you only use the cars are gonna go for longer trips
0: Mhm. yep so once you not like
1: in the u.s where you need a car wherever you want to go
0: Yeah, that's true. And you guys actually have, like, reliable buses and trains and stuff like that if you needed to go even, like, a little bit farther of a distance. Yeah. So that's kind of the nice part about, I think, Europe in general. But you can save money by not having to feel like you need to rent a car, especially in a foreign country. So.
1: I don't think you would enjoy driving car
0: in Norway. Oh, I would hate it so much. Like, the roads are so narrow, which, honestly, that doesn't really bother me. Like, you get used to it, but they don't have any... You thought it was really,
1: really narrow the first time, I remember.
0: Well, it is, but we were, so, we were driving up a mountain, and there's no, like, protective barriers, or there wasn't even, like, lines marked on the ground, really. I mean it didn't feel like it and so every time you took a turn these are stick shifts so it's not as smooth as like an automatic car so you don't see the car coming around the corner and they're speeding down this mountain and so it feels like these cars are coming out of nowhere and then you're quick changing gears to get around the corner and it's like oh my god <laughs> it's just too much <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah and then we have some bridges where like you can always hit one car
0: yep no and then
1: nice. I would guess, like, our two-lane track, like, roads, where, like, you have, like, traffic going both ways would be the same as your guys' lane going one way.
0: And you guys don't have stoplights either, which, which is fine, like, I don't actually enjoy them, but then you guys have roundabouts with multiple lanes, and I can do roundabouts just fine, but I feel like when... I was there, there was just so many people coming out of nowhere that I would have a problem trusting other people, I think that, that that would probably be my biggest concern while driving in Norway, just all the time, I probably wouldn't really trust anybody.
1: Yeah, and you probably would have to read up on, like,
0: our road signs too. Yep, and you guys have a few other rules that are different, like, you guys can't turn right on red, not that you guys have very many red Mm -hmm. lights, but... And you guys have to um, yield for people on your left, is it? No, we yield for people on our
1: right, if if you're not on a street that has like the right way.
0: Yeah, and, so like, like, all like all of
1: our signs, like none of our signs have any letters or written text on it, except for the stop sign, which is hardly used.
0: And and you guys all though?
1: the other ones are just symbols.
0: But it's weird for you guys because when you're driving. Like, if there's someone on your right who's waiting to get in, in the US, like, they would have to wait for you to pass, but there, you guys have to, like, let them on, if that makes sense.
1: There's a lot of difference in the way we drive compared to you guys, I guess. Like, you're not allowed to pass a car on the right side of their car, so you can't take the inside lane and drive past the car. Have yeah, uh-huh. to the left lane pass it.
0: Yep, that's true. Which
1: I thought was weird the first time when I drove in the U.S. compared to
0: Norway. Yeah, that's why I would and, recommend not driving.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then, like, you guys, everything on your guys' signs are, like, like, written, I guess? Like, only turn left or... Do not turn right. Pedestrian passing and stuff. And you guys have like speed limit, and then the, the speed limit like 45 or something, while well, so we do, we will just have like around circle where it says like 60, mm-hmm. and everybody knows that's a speed limit sign. And then they, we yield signs that doesn't say yield. <laughs> yep. But it's pretty much. I think a lot of the stuff you didn't think that much about since you didn't drive.
0: (laughs) I know, I just wouldn't recommend it as long as there's public transportation or you know somebody, you know. I think that that's pretty much all we have for today's episode. It was kind of a hodgepodge, but Liz was trying to get back on the mend so I didn't want to go into anything too detail-oriented just for his sake and his mental coming back into it basically if that makes sense but next week um, if Ula wants to join us again I think we'll talk about um, some things that in general societal wise we find normal and they find super weird so things that are kind of taboo that you probably shouldn't do there if you don't want weird looks Um, and vice versa here as well things that I thought were weird that they did um a little bit about just the different styles and clothing things that you probably wouldn't even think about the fact that most people don't have dryers or use dryer sheets <laughs> um but yeah it'll be just kind of uh another episode with random things that we kind of came across that we we're like oh that's different <laughs> I'll conspire with Ula a little bit, see what he can think of all the weird stuff that we do, um, and come up with a, a good list for you guys. And, uh, thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.